Worship leader and songwriter Corey Voss has a heart for Jesus, his local church, and writing songs that help people encounter truth. It was an honor to talk with him today about his story of faith, his songwriting process, his recent signing to the new label Centric Worship, and a lot more. That's today on the CMB Podcast, episode 61. Welcome to the CMB Podcast, a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for the glory of God. And now your host, Nate Fancher. Hello there and welcome to episode 61 of the CMB Podcast. My name is Nate Fancher. I'm your host here. I'm a singer, an indie artist, and I've been uh, doing this podcast for a while now, 61 episodes um, under our belts here. I started it to bring on and promote other artists, other musicians, and songwriters to talk about their journeys of music making through eyes of faith. If you're a first-time listener of the podcast, I want to say a big thank you in a very practical way. I have a gift for you. And if you're a songwriter, and most listeners of this podcast are, uh, you're going to find my gift to you pretty helpful, especially if you're anything like me, slightly disorganized all over the place. Um, This is going to help you. It's how I use Evernote, the great app for keeping your ideas, your notes, your to-dos, memories, anything that you you don't want to forget. Evernote's awesome for that. It's how I use Evernote to have a much more organized system of keeping track of all my ideas as a songwriter. Before Evernote, I was a mess. I went through several systems to keep track of my ideas and, and never go stale as a songwriter, but but nothing would last long. I'd have little audio files and MP3s and, and lyrics all over the place in different notebooks, computers, journals, you know. I was disorganized, and Evernote has made this so much better for me, and my guide on how to use Evernote in your songwriting will give you a boost. It's a free MP3 and a free PDF And it's my way of simply saying thanks for checking out my podcast. So the link to that, again, is christianmusicblog.com slash gift. Today's feature segment is an interview with Corey Voss, a great new worship leader and songwriter based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, It was an awesome conversation, and we're going to get right to that. But before I I do, I just want to say something really quickly about Centric Worship, the label that Corey has recently signed to. We had Steve Rice, the head of this label, on the podcast back in episode 57. And if you haven't heard that, I'd encourage you to check that out. If you're a songwriter, especially one in your local church leading worship, I'd encourage you to to really listen to Steve's advice. He's got some great insights for you in your own development as a writer. But also, this new label, Centric Worship, is just doing some great stuff. In fact, yesterday, they just released a five-song sampler on Noise Trade, and I'll have the link for that in our um, show notes today. But um, as of today, today's Friday, August 28th, as this podcast goes live. So they released it yesterday on the 27th. And four of those songs um, were songs from their first EP called All the Saints. And the fifth song is a song by Corey called Worthy is the Lamb. It's, it's one of his new songs. Um, and it's a free centric worship sampler at Noise Trade. So it'll only be available for two weeks. And after that, Corey's song you can get as a single on iTunes. So make sure you head over to Noise Trade to get that sampler. And um, like I said, I'll, I'll have a link to that in today's show notes, and you can find that at christianmusicblog.com slash 61. 
All right, let's just go ahead and dive right into my interview with Corey. I'll be right back after this interview to wrap it up and to remind you of uh, the different links today and anything else that needs to be brought up. So let's dive in. Here's my conversation with Corey Voss on the 61st episode of the CMB Podcast. The Lamb was slain, worthy It's great to be with Corey Voss today. Corey is a worship leader, a songwriter. He's based out of Nashville. Uh, he recently signed a, an exclusive songwriting and artist deal with Centric Worship. He was the first artist to, to be on the new label, um, Centric Worship. We actually had Steve Rice back in episode 57, and it's just exciting to see all that's, that's coming forth from this group of guys. Uh, so, Corey, it's an honor to have you on our podcast today. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, man. So why don't we just start um, with your story of faith? Um, I know at 15, you gave your life to Christ. And right around that time, you really got passionate about playing music and writing songs. I'd love to kind of hone in on those moments, those very uh, important and, and, you know, those budding moments as an artist and just kind of hear that story a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's actually kind of funny. I, as far as like singing and playing music, that kind of thing, I always like growing up. I did kids choir at school and stuff like that. Like I was uh, actually raised Catholic and um, just never really understood. I guess the um, the relationship I could have with the Lord until I was a teenager. Um, I had just a really cool encounter with the Lord on my own at home. Um, I just had a friend that was, you know, kind of ministering to me and witnessing the gospel to me. And I just um, invited Jesus into my heart through that conversation. And so not long after that, I started, you know, looking for Christian music to listen to. And so um, I think probably my first love in worship and Christian music was Mercy Me. I bought their, um, I think it was Almost There CD back in 2005 or six, one of the two. And uh had learned every single song on that album on my piano and just spent time at home worshiping with that, you know, with their little songbook that they had, that kind of thing. And then from there, I kind of started listening to Third Day and a um, little bit of Newsboys. And then all of a sudden, I found Hillsong. And from there, I kind of got hooked on them. And um, nice. But so for most of my teenage years, that was kind of the, those were kind of the songs and artists that I was keeping in touch with. Cool. Uh, and up to that point, you weren't really listening to a lot of Christian music, is what you're saying? Or... Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I you know, I'd maybe heard like I remember middle school, I'd heard Chris Tomlin a couple of times, and I always I didn't know who he was, but I heard his songs, and I was like, man, he's so good, and I always felt some, like I felt something in my spirit when I was listening to him, but I never knew like who he was until after I had given my life to the Lord and kind of got connected with Christian music. Cool. So, so tell us about like the musical side. I mean, at what point did you um, begin to apply your musicianship to all of this, or did you already have a musical background? At yeah, a young age? Um, yeah. What's funny is, as a kid, actually, my older brother he took piano lessons from um, a lady that taught down the street from where we lived in our neighborhood, and he would come home and play on the piano, and I would I would start to listen, and I'd just think, man, I want to do that. Like I looked up to my brother and. Um, I just really wanted to do that. So my parents, they, you know, 
put me in piano lessons at set at the age of seven. Um, and so I played in the first year it was really hard. I didn't like practicing. And so I ended up, uh, quitting. And then I started back up again when I was eight and took lessons until I was 16. Um, so that was kind of my, you know, that gave me a good background in, you know, piano, but I always played better by ear more than by sheet music. So my piano teacher actually caught me cheating a few times where I would listen, I would listen to her play the piece and I would kind of memorize a little yeah. bit. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, and then I was part of a couple of kids' choirs when I was in some uh, couple of kids' choirs for a play um, when I was a kid, that kind of thing, but never got serious about singing and really until um, high school. So, so and, and that is tied to your, your conversion. Um, that's what it seems to, that's what it sounds like to me. I mean, tell us about that experience of becoming, you know, an artist. I mean, I know you went to school later, you moved down to Lakeland, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Southeastern. Was that kind of yes. where things really took off for you in terms of your yeah. pursuing music? Yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, I, I led worship in chapel services at Southeastern quite a bit. And there was, you know, I'd had some friends that were songwriters and worship leaders. And I was always really inspired by them and, and had kind of developed a desire to do that myself. Um, and so I the first song I ever wrote that I really felt good about is called Coming to Save Us. And I actually recorded that um, with the band I was in, Letters from Patmos. Um, and, um, you know, that song was really just a cry. from. Re- I read some scriptures about the return of the Lord, just from like Thessalonians and just talking about what it will be like when, when Jesus comes back. And so through that, my heart kind of just, I felt inspired. And so I started writing a song that would really just give the church um something to sing, to, to call out to the Lord Jesus, you know, to return. Um, and so that song, it was really funny because I wrote that song and I played it in the chapel at Southeastern and some of the other worship leaders really loved the song. And, um, I actually stopped leading it for a little while and other people were leading it. And I would hear just from friends like, Hey, we sang your song in chapel this morning. And I think that was for me the first time I really realized like, that's really it's really cool to have other people pick up on on your art and on what you're doing and and um, what the Lord's doing through it and how they can you know start singing those songs themselves and the song goes places so yeah, yeah. and you were studying church ministries is that right yeah I studied church ministries and then um, yeah I did that while I was at southeastern and then after that I took a job um, in Auburndale Florida which is like 10 minutes away from Lakeland at a, a church. Up, up about 800 there and worked there for as a volunteer for a couple of years and then I was on staff for two years you know during my college years I was pursuing the educational side of things and wanting at first I, I thought I was going to be a youth pastor when I first enrolled and I kind of had felt like the like I, I was kind of confused but I felt like maybe the Lord had asked me to set like set my singing aside for a season and so I did that and just kind of focused on youth ministry for a little bit. But then I found my heart just always just really crying out for worship and wanting to lead and sing and write all that stuff. And so um, so that journey kind of shifted a little bit during my college years. And, mm. you know, that's when I got plugged into a local church and, and the chapel and, you know, the student worship department. I was uh, a tour team leader. Uh, we traveled during the summertime with some of their students. And so, um, awesome. yeah, it's awesome. I kind of realized in, in that season that was really where my heart was um, 
you know, leading. So that's 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 great. So you were full time two for two years at that church, and then at some point you transitioned to move to Nashville, and would love to know how that took place. You know, what what moved you from being in a full time staff role to going to to Music City? Tell us about that journey. Yeah, absolutely. What's really funny is that, like, I I think looking back, I never would have put myself um, like I would I would don't I'm not one of those people that would naturally move to Nashville to pursue the music industry. Um, you know, I love I love church ministry. I love the church, and I love leading and you know writing songs that that connect the church to to the Lord and His presence. And um, you know. I had actually been in a band called Letters from Patmos, and that that was about the tail end of my um, my time at, at Life Church. I had met a guy um, who's a drummer, and he'd been in several different bands before. and And he he had he and I had met at my church, and he started listening to some of my songs, and you know, just asking me, you know, if I'd ever be interested in you know doing anything with it, as far as having a worship band that traveled, that kind of thing, and. Um, so he and I talked and became really close friends and kind of out of that, we, we decided to found our band together, Letters from Patmos, and we invited, um, three other guys to join us. And, um, so during that season, I had stepped out of ministry at the church and talked with my pastor and he, he blessed me and said, Hey, you know, we want you to chase after what you feel like the Lord has called you to. And so that was kind of where that transition happened. And that was it was probably the end, well, the middle of summer of 2011. And so, um, so my friend Logan and I, we started this band and we both, um, we just started practicing and then we recorded a few of my songs, um, in a studio in Lakeland. And, um, somehow he had, I don't remember how it had happened. I think he sent one of the songs off to Centricity just via email, just to get their feedback and see what they had thought. And, um, John Mays from Centricity had responded at the time and said, Hey, I love what you guys are doing. You know, keep me posted. We'd love to maybe connect sometime. And, um, so during, during that season, we started traveling around central Florida, leading at churches and youth camps and conferences. And it was like one door after, after another just kept opening. And, um, not long after that, we had posted some videos on YouTube and received a call from a management company, um, Vasquez entertainment in Nashville, um, and Gabe Vasquez, he's the owner and he's actually my manager. Uh, now he managed the band for a couple of years. And so, um, he kind of introduced us to some of the labels in Nashville. And, um, so it's kind of a interesting season where I was, you know, in the band for a couple of years. And that's kind of what brought me, you know, up to Nashville, um, was songwriting and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of beginning to pursue, talking to different record labels, that kind of thing. It's awesome that you your first real connection was with, with, with John, who's over at Centricity Music. I know Centric Worship's slightly different than Centricity, but um, yeah. yeah, we had John on the podcast, actually. Uh, gosh, it was a while back, last year, maybe. Awesome. Yeah, so he's, he's a great guy. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you, you got connected with uh, Steve, and was that through John, and how did that develop? Yeah, actually, um, you know, that, that connection came through management. Um, I think more than anything, my manager had set up a few meetings with Steve Rice um, just after hearing about the launch of Centric Worship and um, had been working on a couple of demo songs with producer Michael Farron, and Michael had had great things to say about Steve as well. And so um, 
I was actually still in my band at that time and we were having conversations as a group with Steve and he just kind of sat down and with us and had said, you know, kind of his vision for centric worship and getting songs to the church and um, really just seeing a, a movement kind of form out of that. And so, um, you know, at that point in time, I'd had, I'd had that opportunity on the table and a couple other publishing opportunities. And as I prayed about it, I really felt connected with centricity and centric, um, just really felt the kindred spirit with Steve Rice and, and their team over there and, and the vision that they had in mind. Yeah. So, and so let's talk about the uh, retreat. Cause I know that was, that was a real, um, moment of, of, I don't know, a momentous time, you know, for you, for, for all of you guys that were involved with that. And, um, how, how is that in terms of, a, I know you were doing a lot of co-writing with everybody on that retreat. And of course the EP is great. The, um, the release, all the saints, uh, number one is number two is not out yet. Is it, or is it? No, I think it comes out in the fall. I'm okay. Not- I remember it's them saying late summer, but, um, I, I know how these things can go sometimes, but, yes. um, but yeah, man, that's, I can't wait for number two. It's going to be great, but tell us about the retreat, man. I'm, I'm, it looked like you were having a blast on, on, uh, some of those videos. So. Oh yeah. The retreat was really, it was really special. Um, we had, I think there were 12 different worship artists, writers, and it was interesting because we were all like, everyone was from, you know, different backgrounds, different places, some of us, like myself and a couple other people, were brand new, you know, at, you know, at all of it, just jumping in with people that have been, you know, writing and leading worship and writing for the church for years. And so it was just a really, um, really cool experience to be thrown into that. And, you know, we spent um, five days in the Metho Valley up in Winthrop, Washington. It's about four hours north of Seattle. And um, the owners of Centricity, they have a property up there called Eaglemont. And so that consists of um, several, there's some, there's homes up there and then they have a recording studio and a lodge. And so, you know, we traveled there and, and spent that week and it was really cool because in the morning we would all get together for prayer and we'd read the word and worship together. And then um, we'd break during the day and split up into groups and we would do songwriting sessions. And uh, every day you're with someone different and, uh, and then after that, we would come together and listen in the afternoon to all the songs that were written, and then we were, would record them um, during our worship service each night of the retreat in the studio. And so it was, it was just great. Like you know, we had people like Mia Fields and Jared Anderson and Michael Farron, um, Anthony Skinner, a lot of great worship writers and artists were there. And so it was just really a really cool experience. I think for me, you know, being around some people that I've looked up to for years, they're writing in, in the worship world. Mm-hmm. Um, and some really powerful songs came out of that, you know, that whole trip. Um, you know, several of those you guys have already heard and then there'll be some more coming out soon. As yeah. Well. That's exciting, man. So, um, as far as the co-writing process at the, at the retreat, did you, each come with an idea and then you just would agree on which idea you'd pursue. How did that, or did you come up completely without anything, a blank slate completely? How did that work? Yeah. A lot of times, um, some people brought ideas. Other times it was like stuff that had just been kind of coming to us during the week while we were there. I know, um, one particular session started out with Riley, um, Aaron and her dad, Doug, Doug Inquist. And um, the the three of us were sitting in a session, and Riley started playing the chorus idea for the song "Overwhelm Me," that's on the EP. And um, she just had the first half of the chorus, and 
it had come out of a time that she had spent with the Lord earlier that morning. And um, she played us a couple of different ideas and Doug and I both agreed. We were like, Riley, that's the song that we need to chase. And so from that, we started writing it. And then Jared Anderson jumped in to help us later on that day. And then Michael Farron came on board that night and we all finished the song. But it was cool because like that song was really um, birthed out of a moment that Riley was truly, you know, saying to the Lord, I, I want to be lost in your presence, Lord. And, and that was kind of the theme of the song was just taking um, really an adventure with the Lord to, you know, to get lost in who he is. And mm-hmm. so that, that was kind of a cool, um, you know, that song had a cool journey because five different writers came together and it started one way. And then went, by the end of it, it just really came together. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that chorus that she sings. It's great. Awesome, man. Um, well, let's talk about your upcoming solo project. You're in the middle of uh, finishing that up, and that should be released in a couple of months. Um, how's it going? Yeah, um, so far it's going really well. I've, I've just been doing a lot of co-writing. That's kind of, when I, when I came to Nashville, that's what they said is that co-writing is the language of Nashville. Um, <laughs> And so it's it's really great because you get thrown into all kinds of different situations with different people. And it's almost like you're, you know, just trying to get on the same page and, and find out where, you're, where their heart's at, where your heart's at, and how you can create something together. Um, and so, so I've been doing a lot of that. And um, basically over the next several months, I'll have some singles that will be released. Um, and then in March is when we're planning on um, releasing an EP. Awesome. And so, um, so from now until then, I'm just continuing to write and, you know, make sure we have the right songs for those, those projects. But, um, one song that will be, uh, coming out this month is called Worthy is the Lamb. And, um, that song was actually written with Jared Anderson, um, at the Centric Worship Retreat last year. And, uh, he and I had, you know, he brought the idea to the table and he and I had just kind of sat together and crafted it and, um, we actually finished the song after the retreat. We had some more editing to do, um, but that but that song is very congregational. Very, um, just it almost sounds like it could be it could fit a lot of different styles of worship. Um, but it's it's definitely a song that um, you could have a choir, or you could do it more. Uh, you could do it in a more um, spontaneous style. You could sing it and just kind of flow, that kind of thing. But um, awesome. So that song will be out later this month. Very cool. That's exciting, man. Um, what What would you say is your your strength as an artist, and what would you say is your weakness, and how have you um, learned how to develop those? Um, I know, I'm sure being in Nashville has been a major educational journey for you, and and you've and you've seen these things. But because um, I know a lot of artists really wrestle with with that, they they may not even see their own weaknesses, and they need you know, the insights of others around them to help them see those shortcomings, those areas where they need to be developed more. Um, how has that been for you as a, as a young artist who's developing? Yeah, um, I definitely think that as far as, like, s- strengths and stuff like that, I, I think that, um, like, heart and passion and delivery are, say, a lot, you know, in worship um, and in in ministry. I think that that those are those are things that are that help people to stand out. Um, just your individual expression of worship and how that can encourage and bless other people. Um, 
I think maybe on the weakness side is just at times lack of experience I think can can sometimes play into it when you're around people that you get thrown into situations where you're with people that have been doing this for years and and they've got a lot of experience and there's so much to learn. Um, Mm. I actually remember probably several months ago, Centricity had had, um, they'd had a family gathering is what they call it. It's basically like an after Christmas party and they invited um, Charlie Peacock to come out and speak. And he was talking to us as new art, some of us as new artists and something he said really impacted me. He said, a lot of young artists come to Nashville and they almost have an entitlement mentality where they walk in and think that like they're on the exact same level as the people that have been doing it for years. And that really struck me because I realized like it kind of made me do a heart check to step back and say, wow, I don't, I don't want to jump in here and, you know, think that I've, you know, I'm at the same place as all these other people. I want to learn from them, you know? And so that's been kind of one of my goals has been in the writer's room and in, in the producing side of it when I'm recording to, to learn from those people as well as um, express what, I've, what I'm called to express. So That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Now, and, and you're on staff at a church in Nashville, I believe, right? You're, you're still doing uh, worship leading at a local church. Mm-hmm. How how do you balance that as as an artist who travels and what's the um what, what are the conversations like with the pastors there? Would love to have you pull back the curtain on that if if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm at a church called Gateway Church and it's in Shelbyville, Tennessee. Um, and uh, it's really I mean it's really a beautiful situation. My uh, I'm I have a great relationship with my pastor and the other pastors on staff and basically we. Um, we have a pretty flexible schedule, um, which is awesome. Like I, I'm there um, three, if not four, Sundays out of every month. I'm I'm leading worship, mm. um, and if I'm if I'm out one week, I usually I have a couple people around me that you know jump in and lead for me. But um, during the week, you know, I do some office hours at the church, and I I do some graphic design that kind of thing as as well. But then um, through three to four days a week. Um, driving back and forth from Franklin and Nashville to co-writing sessions. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's an hour drive for me to get to Nashville and a 45-minute drive to Franklin. And so, I'm, you know, I'm in the car a lot. Yeah. And I just, you know, I do my best to balance both worlds. Um, and the great thing is, like, when I'm writing these worship songs, I have such a great opportunity to take them to my local church and try them out. Yeah. And see what works, see what doesn't work. And um, that's been just really huge for me, even just to take it back to the, my label, to Centricity and, and, and Centric and Steve and, you know, tell them how are the songs working in church? What's the feedback? What is the response? And so, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, at first it, it kind of felt a little chaotic, you know, all the driving back and forth. But I think I'm at a place now where I've, I feel like I have a good uh, balance between the two at the moment. Mm. Well, I know there's this whole, this whole, like, term i don't i don't know where this started but it's the whole artist in residence label you know for guys who are on staff part-time and then they're also um you know artists in their own right as well where they're traveling and they're writing um so you guys have an agreement there you guys are working that out and 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 your pastors have um they really i guess being in, in nashville or being in tennessee i guess i keep saying nashville but you're an hour south so it's not technically nashville but sure. but there's definitely that understanding so um, that's really awesome because I know a lot of guys who would who would really wrestle with that because there's always that tension, you know, be home more, 
yeah you know and then them supporting you as as an artist who has a more broad calling to other churches and stuff so yeah yeah and i think that's kind of like long term i kind of think that for me like my heart has always been like i definitely want to have a home base you know and that's and that's my church here right now i just really feel connected to what god is doing here um but i also have the desire to get out and travel and minister and and i believe um that the lord you know, has a plan for that. And so I'm kind of in that season now where I'm, I'm just, I think he's preparing me, you know, for, for just those doors to open. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. And I, I think a part of the whole uh, worship pastoring thing in a local church, uh, it has to include discipleship anyway. So you're, you're training and raising up younger worship leaders and younger writers to essentially you're working yourself out of the job. I think that's really the heart of <laughs> discipleship. Um, sure. Tell us a little bit about that. You said you have some other people that that step in for you. Is that something that you you work with them on, or are they have they been at the church already? Tell tell us about that. Yeah, um, one of our worship leaders on staff, he actually um, was the worship leader before I was, and he actually still plays guitar and leads songs. And then he he kind of takes the reins when I'm out of town. But we have him and then a, a couple other girls that are worship singers and song leaders at the church. And so I just I do. I do my best to um, encourage them and like just really pour into them and give them opportunities to lead songs. My heart is even when I was in Florida working at Life Church, I ha- I've always had opportunities to let other worship leaders, you know, jump on- alongside me, and it's been um, it's been a real honor to be able to you know help and encourage and build others up in that way. And even some of the youth at our church, I've been able to work with a couple of the youth students and leading worship for youth. And um, I think there's real power in that. And, you know, I think they always say that you can tell how well, how well someone's doing in their job when they're not there. Um, you know, when the other people on, on their team can cover for them. And so that's kind of been my goal is just to, you know, help train and equip the other people. That's great. But, um, yeah. Awesome. Do you do, do you do songwriting involved with that as well or is it primarily just worship leading um right now it's it's pretty much worship leading um i've mentioned songwriting and a couple of them got scared they're like well i don't know if i'm good enough for that but really like i want us to like i really have a heart for um wanting to see some of those people even though they may not see themselves as songwriters to just give it a try because a lot of it is just writing for your church context yeah you know so yeah that's that's real exciting yeah i think the churches that that write together or, you know, or just having a heart for it down the road. Sometimes it can be, you know, the wrong timing. I mean, if you don't have, you know, songwriters around, it's kind of hard to do that. But, um, but sometimes people don't even know that they, they might have uh, a gift there too, that they just need to have developed and have someone like, like a Corey Voss come alongside them and and call it forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot to be said. I know for me in, in my walk with the Lord and in writing and ministry, I've had a, several um, pastoral voices in my life that have called the good things, you know, out of me. And without them, I was driving in the car today, th- actually on my way back home, and I was just thinking, I don't know where I would be without some of those people, mm. you know, in the times when I was discouraged or, you know, feeling challenged that, that said, hey, don't give up. There's something great ahead, you know. Um, just reminding reminding you of your calling and and what the Lord has placed on your life. I think that's powerful, and so I want to do the same thing for other people that are younger than me or just kind of starting out. That's awesome. So. 
Man, this has been excellent having you on the podcast. I really appreciate uh, your time, and, and, and I'm real excited to hear the new singles coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, before we go, I'd love to, to hear just some maybe some parting words of advice for young artists. Maybe there's a, a worship guy out there listening to this. He's on staff at a church, and, and he's been wrestling with whether or not he should move to Nashville. You know, those kinds of guys. Sure. What are you yeah. going to say to them? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think, you know, my encouragement would be just keep seeking the heart of the Lord and um, love your local church, serve your local church. Um, I know there's a temptation sometimes when you, you feel like there's an opportunity to make it big or to become the next Carrie Jove or the next Chris Tomlin or whoever, but my encouragement is just keep loving your local church and serving her, and through that, God will honor you. And, you know, if that dream is in your heart, like, I really believe the Lord will honor you and, and bring that to fruition, but we, it's, it's so important to just be faithful where you are in the moment, so... Um, awesome man <laughs> that's great thank you so much nate for having me i really appreciate it yeah Corey, i'm i'm uh just super thrilled to have met you and uh where can folks find you online you're i think it's coreyvoss.com or coreyvossmusic.com which one is it yep coreyvoss.com right. uh twitter at coreyvoss instagram at coreyvoss facebook coreyvoss music so excellent excellent <laughs> and for all those links uh those of you who are listening we'll have all of these links in today's show notes and, um, Corey, thanks again, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Nate. Awesome. Head over to christianmusicblog.com slash 61, and you'll see the highlights and other notes from today's chat with Corey, links to find him online, and don't forget to go and get some free tunes from Centric Worship, including Corey's new song, Worthy is the Lamb. It's a great new song, and uh, they're putting out this sampler at Noise Trade, but you only have a couple of weeks, so act quickly on that. Also, don't forget to get your gift if it's your first time checking out our podcast, my guide to how you can use Evernote to be really organized as a songwriter, and that's christianmusicblog.com slash gift. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes, blog posts from the past, and more um, on Twitter. We're at CMB Podcast, and you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Nate Fancher. In the next episode of the CMB Podcast, I chat with a great artist named Joanna Beasley, We talk about her latest album, Loud Love. We talk about her life as an indie artist and a lot more. So don't miss that. It's in a couple of weeks. We'll see you then. King without compare The scars of love His hands would bear The darkest night Was turned today When Jesus Christ The Lamb was slain, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, angels bow, we cry out, worthy for listening to the CMB podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.